Hey there, cold open. I uh, just wanted to let you know that what you're about to listen to here is a bonus episode. Basically, there's two reasons. This week's discussion, this, uh, the normal episode was a little short, and we wanted to make sure we give you guys some content to enjoy. And the second reason is that uh, we've been wanting to publish sort of a bonus episode in our main feed of what the after show is like to give you guys a taste, maybe help entice you to become a patron. So that's what this is. What you're about to hear is the after show from episode number 43, where we broached the idea of opening our Discord, making it public with our patrons and open that discussion. And then obviously that discussion went well, because as you heard in episode 45, our Discord is now public. So here you go. And I should also mention that there is just a tiny amount of cursing here. We don't normally bleep the after show. It's nothing gratuitous, but it is there. So you've been warned. Hope you enjoy. You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code. Pew, pew, pew. After show. After show. So, Ben, I wanted to start with this. Uh, It was episode 39. This is 43. So it's been several weeks since we had that discussion about your future at Envision. And I just want to check in with you. What's going on there? No, n- nothing has changed. So here's something I've been wrestling with on a related topic. I used to have an engineering manager and a project manager, and I like to go a little rogue sometimes. And I several times put my engineering or project manager into positions where they felt like they were going to get in trouble because of the stuff that I was doing. To the point where one of them even said, if you keep doing this, you will get me fired. Oh, shit. Which I, I don't even remember what he was referring to, and I'm sure that he believed it. But here's the thing. My engineering manager and my project manager both left about a year ago, maybe a little less. And Because of you? <laughs> Unrelated. So all of the stuff... Not all of the stuff, but a lot of the stuff that I had percolating in my mind when they were here, I've just gone ahead and done because (laughs) there's no one that can get fired anymore other than myself. And I'm pretty confident I'm not going to get fired. And nothing bad has happened. Like nothing's exploded. The world hasn't ended. And I sort of want to put all of, I have all these thoughts about that now. And I, and I sort of want to put all these thoughts together into a write up. Not are you going to Jerry Maguire your office? <laughs> well, yeah. So, like, not something that I would put on my blog. Like, I wouldn't want to do something publicly because this is very much about, like, the team culture and Internal. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know how it would go over. Where would it be? Like, on a Confluence page or something. Oh. Okay. So, I, is it, would the page basically consist of, I feel like the people above me were getting pushed around and therefore they were, like telling me by me pushing them like they were going to get in trouble? Like, where would this go? So I haven't really thought it through yet. I I don't know what the the takeaways would be, but I think there's something in there about fear. There's something in there about avoidance of risk. Yeah. Yeah, Avoidance of risk of like not feeling like you have the freedom to do the things that you think should be done. And I, and again, like, I don't know what the wording would be. And I don't know what the takeaways would be necessarily, but there's, I feel like there's meat in there that's important and I want to share more broadly, but I also 
don't want to do anything really bad that I'll regret. Like sometimes I do things and I regret them. I feel like I want to reach out. I had in, in episode 39, I think I had talked that I had mentioned that my director was the guy who wanted to know how emotionally connected I was to the code and it, was I going to need space and time yep. to have all my feelings. Right. I feel like I want to reach out to him and say, I have these thought. I have this idea for internal blog post. Yep. What do you think? Would this be a catastrophic mistake? And <laughs> I mean, he sounds like he's kind of in touch with your uh, emotional pain points. Yeah. 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 And he also faces more of the rest of the organization, whereas I sort of sit off in my tiny little corner of the org. So he, yeah. he would have a better sense of how it might go over or just timing wise. Is it the right moment to, to talk about something like this? And we've mentioned before with you being one of the founders, how is it going to be perceived when other people right. read it who don't yeah. know that that's not your role now? Like that you're not in that spot and they're just going to assume because it's from Ben that it's the top people's right. Right. And the voice might to them sound like a, a, a takedown on the organization, right? As yeah. opposed to just, Hey, let's do better. Yeah. Right. And there's always the fear that if Ben didn't feel comfortable, like how, how am I supposed to ever feel comfortable? Right. So, yeah. but your company does have like, um, what do they call them? Um, hackathons and stuff, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, they seem to encourage innovation. You know what you should do? Have them do a culture hackathon. Oh. What does it say more? Oh. <laughs> say less. This sounds like hearts and feelings and stuff. Oh. Yeah, well, like a hackathon, right? You can work on whatever you want, but it has to be focused on the soft skills of the company, right? Like culture and it's just like no no code, basically, is the idea. What can- We're engineers. We don't have soft skills. <laughs> I know. I don't need... I do. It just does not compute. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, that's fine. So alternatively, before I came up with that thought, I was going to tell you that if this, and it sounds like there's a legitimate concern about perception if you were to publish that to the wider company. And so if that's the case, maybe what you should do is like write up those feelings and take it to the appropriate managers private in private and say like, these are the, some things that I'm feeling and I want I'm, I'm bringing this to you because I want the company to thrive and I want, yeah. I want us to have the best culture possible. And these are my thoughts, but I don't, I, I don't want to sabotage the company. So like, let's work together, decide what of this stuff should become public information and have it come from the top instead of from me over here on the side. That's yeah. a really interesting idea. How many other people are being told what you were told? Like, stop doing that or you're going to get me fired. Like, where did that come from? Like, who is pushing these people to stop tell innovating. you that? Like, you don't want your, like the rest of your company feeling held back. And chances are, if you were being told that, you're not the only one being told that. Hmm. Yeah. I feel you, dude. I, trust me. I've had three skunk work projects that I started completely off books that have become separate money making issues. Unfortunately, I've never, I mean, I've never gotten in trouble for any of them. They just, I mean, w- one of them turned into a multi-million dollar business. Hey. So, nice. <laughs> but, but it's like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll take my no private one, jet now. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, no one, yeah, it's like, I don't have a whole lot of oversight a lot of times. So it's like, I'll just do stuff. But it also, I think one of the messages there in my head is how much would we be capable of if we didn't have to worry about how it affected the larger organization? Which I, that, and, and that sounds like a crazy statement, except for the fact that I think a lot of people, especially as you go higher up in the organization, are more 
mm, FUD driven fear, uncertainty, mm. doubt, because they have to have that long-term roadmap and they're mm-hmm. trying to think and steps ahead and user. I hate working with, I hate working with finance. Finance is such a buzzkill. <laughs> all, all they do is like, how much is going to cost? I'm like, how much is it going to make? You can't prove that. I'm like, but you can't prove it's not. Right. So the, I think the lower down in the organization you go, the more freedom people have emotionally to think about the work. Cause an engineer, I think you could, put a day of work into something. And if it doesn't work out, all right, so what? Like it was a fun little side project and it didn't work out. Nothing, nothing lost. But I I think it's a lot harder as you go up the org for people to really lean into that mindset. Like we've been on this whole project since April, right? And I was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about numbers with it. And when we finally like turned it on, we're in this call. We're all super excited. And they're like, okay, yeah, what is the number on it? I'm like, we responded to 40 emails. (laughs) And they're like... We're never, wow. they're like, we're not reporting any numbers to anyone yet. <laughs> don't, if anyone asks, we don't know right now what the numbers are. Cause they're like, since April, four engineers, one of them's lead, the director of engineering has been on this. Um, like right now, this project has been very costly and they know it's going to pay off in the wrong, in like in the long term, but they're like, of these thousands of emails we get every day, we're only in one account and it didn't really, there's a whole lot into it, but it was like 40 and we were all so excited that we matched on 40, right? And they're like, we're not reporting your math yet. <laughs> this sure. is an expensive project. <laughs> Although, Ben, I, I will push back a little bit. I, I do know there are some developers who just want to be told what to go do. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And they, right, and they do it, right? It's like, so, I, I mean, trying to promote the culture is, is good, but there's only, I think it's a limited subset of people in, in every, I mean, you need your soldiers and worker bees. I don't mean to be condescending on that, but there's just some people who just, they just want to show up and do their work and that's fine. But they're not going to be hurt by having a better culture. For sure. All right. Good point. I, I th- and I, I guess to that end, there are people like, I don't want to say like me because that sounds a little silly, but there are people who see a screen, a user experience, what have you, and they see something wrong with it and they feel deeply that they need to fix it whether it's something tiny, like I just want to change the language here a little bit, or wouldn't it be nice if they had a little call to action that was more clear? And I really feel like people should have the freedom to just make that happen. And if it didn't work out, then they roll it back. Or if it did work out, that's great. And and not have to spin up a customer research group and put together a one-page proposal document about what you think the, what your hypothesis is and what you want to get out of it. Like at some point, you end up having to spend 40 hours justifying one hour's worth of work. Mm. And, it, and mm-hmm. that that is like a cultural issue more than anything else, I think. That's, and it's soul draining. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, I totally get you. I mean, sometimes people just work to the letter of the ticket. You have a ticket in JIRA, you're just going to do what it says, and you look at it and you go, this is bad, <laughs> right? I've never been the kind of person who just says, I'm going to stop right here. I, yeah. I know, I think I know better than what maybe the requirement is that it's going to be a whole lot better if I just do these extra right. things. And I've always done that. Yeah. But you know what? I think that what I, this is a wild guess, but I think that what is probably most likely to convince somebody to, to take that approach is whatever their goal is, right? So like if their OKRs are like, you need to close 150 JIRA tickets yeah, this quarter for sure. or whatever, like then that's what they're going to be optimizing for. And as soon as, 
as soon as something, if you guys can hear my dog snoring, he's on my feet. I apologize. <laughs> no, can't hear. He's it. a brachycephalic dog, and so he's a smushed face dog, and and his breathing is just uh, snoring most of the time. <laughs> it's a sport. What was I saying? If your goals okay, are to achieve, oh, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. So, okay, ours. So it, there's a saying, and I forget exactly how it goes, but basically, as soon as something becomes a goal, it stops being a useful metric. Mm. Yeah. Sure. I can't tell you how many times I've just ignored goals because I just thought that's a bad goal. Yeah. Yep. But once you start <laughs> trying to measure something, people just find ways to make it look right. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, they skew the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's no longer valuable. I remember our previous CTO, at one point in one of the engineering all-hands meetings, and, and this is where my I feel like I'm confident that I'll never be fired, so sometimes I ask maybe more brazen questions. And this isn't necessarily a brazen question, but in an all-hands meeting, I said, wouldn't it be interesting if culturally we publicly stated that no engineer will ever be fired for trying to do right by the customer? I think we had this conversation we did, we on did. the podcast yeah, we before. Did. Because yeah. I was even sitting here asking or thinking, like, I should ask you if they've discussed the idea of, like, a good Samaritan law for... Yeah. And at the time, that CTO was like, well, we have a very open and welcoming yeah. culture, so we don't need that. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, that we, we talked about it before, but that one's a hard one. Because what you consider good, the customer may, customer may not consider to be a good idea. Yeah. So I'm going to shift focus here if you're done there, Ben. Yeah, go for it. I hear the snoring. (laughs) My apologies and you're welcome. (laughs) I have two pugs, but they're not in the room. So I'm finally getting to go back to Vegas after like many years here. Me too. When are you going to Vegas? Middle of December. I'm going for my birthday. Uh, Okay. So I'm going for work. So the first week of uh, October. With Scotty. uh, Yeah. With Scotty the hottie. Mm -hmm. He told me. So heading to Vegas for the insurance Technology conference, so at the Mandalay Bay. Nice. Looking forward to that. Nice to get back to something. And it, it is a, you have to show proof of vaccination to be at the conference. So I'm trying to do it safe. So cool, cool. The thought of going Can't to wait. Vegas is very overwhelming for me. Really? I, I know Adobe has like, their Cold Fusion Summit yeah. out there, and I'm, I'm, I always sort of want to go, but the idea of just so many people. We should all go together. You know what, Ben? At the the conference itself, it's not that right. It's right, not that pressing. Yeah, it's just not that. It doesn't in that city. You're isolated. The casinos. I, I don't know. It it doesn't feel that pressing. No, no. It, it's it's pretty good. Where, where it does feel a little claustrophobic is when anytime you try to leave the hotel, <laughs> you have to go yeah. out through the casino, and it's, it's packed. There's tons of machines and people smoking, and it's you. If you are intent on getting out without stopping or going, you want to avoid the, the gambling and the smoke, you'll find a path that works yeah. and you'll just take the exact same route every time. Every time. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I have zero interest in gambling. Yep. I don't know anything about I don't playing gamble. cards. No. And I have uh, no desire to part with my money, really, in okay. any way whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go with a budget. I'm like, okay, here's $100. I'm just going to like play slots. And if it's gone, it's gone. Like, yep. and if it wins, it wins. But I'm like, I don't, I make sure I put myself on like a hard budget and I like shows. Nice. I like eating. Yep. I yeah, like, eat love, the restaurants. I love people watching. So Vegas is amazing. Yeah. 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 The restaurants are fantastic. The they have some food, of the yeah. best restaurants. Yeah. And that's what I look forward to is like the comped meals mm-hmm. where we get to go eat fantastic food. That's great. How do you get comped meals? Work trip. It's a, it's a business trip. Oh, okay. That you kind get, of like, Okay. Per diem. Yeah. 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 No, he's on a pole getting comped. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. In fact, our company, we're sponsoring a, a beer garden because it's October. So we're spo- we are the beer garden for the entire conference. And it's like 5,000, 6,000 people coming to this Ooh. thing. And we're supplying all the beer and alcohol. Wow. It's the only place okay. you can get alcohol during the entire conference. And it starts at 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 5 p.m. in Europe. <laughs> exactly, right? It's 5 p.m. somewhere. Oh, man. There's a show on HBO called Hacks about a, a comedian, a female comedian doing a run in Vegas, if anyone... I won a, bun- a bunch of Emmys just recently. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite a good show. You said a run? I, I, I can't remember what the term that they used for it. it was. It, it's like the comedian, she has, she basically works this one stage mm-hmm. in Vegas, and she's been doing it for like 20 straight years or something. Oh, okay. What it, there's a term for it. I can't remember what they said in the show. Okay. It's a good show. Hacks, and you said it's on HBO? Yeah. Yeah, I'll look for yeah, it. it won. Yeah, I think Jean Smart, she won an Emmy for it. Yeah, she was really good. Yeah. Cool. So I want to look at kind of what the Patreon's been talking about. So, so actually, the topic that I brought to you guys in Discord earlier yeah. this morning. We want you, to record this? I was going to say, we could have that conversation recorded here, and then the patrons mm-hmm. would hear it. The At least the some of them would hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can let us know what they think. Here, here's my big dilemma. I'm not a people person. Right. So like I, my interaction with the Patreons is very haphazard. Like I'll just randomly pop in every now and then, mm-hmm. or someone mentions yeah. me, but I feel I have a lot of guilt, honestly, about not participating mm-hmm. more. Um, I'm with you. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not going anywhere with that thought other than I have a lot of guilt mm, about it. Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing. I already have a hard time committing like time to discord to who is in it. And mm-hmm. if it's open to everyone and there's more, I'm just, I'm going to feel bad that so, I'm not, yeah. put, I'm not involved. And, and, and my thought is if you say, if you become a patron, you get access to discord. Now it's like, if anyone listens, they can get yep. access to Patreon. What, how is that special? Yeah. Well, so here's, and I mean, we're kind of already going down this road, but this was my line of thinking. If we just make, if we open it up to anybody that's a listener, then more people could come and they can have discussions between themselves and they don't need our attention quite so much. I mean, it's an access, right? They have a way to like ping us just like they could at you on Twitter or whatever. But I don't personally feel beholden to our discord. I like it. I enjoy it. I like having those conversations with the people there. And the bike shed channel today was going on. It was. See, I couldn't even keep up. I'm so tired. Yeah. I didn't even read. Like don't, 30% I don't of want, what showed up on my- I don't want you guys to feel like you have to read it. It's totally <laughs> cool to, cut the, to like sign in because you have 10 minutes and just hit bankruptcy and say, like, what's going on? One thing that another podcast I listen to, I think it's the Design Details podcast. They do something interesting. I don't know if it would necessarily work for us, mm-hmm. but they record their after show first. Okay. And then at the top of the regular show, they tell you what they're going to talk about in the after show. Mm. And they're really fun about it. They're like, and for just a buck a month, just a buck a month, you have access to what they, they call it the sidebar, sidebar, okay. sidebar, sidebar. You know, they're, they're fun with it. But um, I don't know. That could be interesting because right now people don't really even know what they're missing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let me ask a question and that will determine whether we're going to cut all of what we just said or if we're going to keep it. Are you comfortable with the conversation that we just had? Going out to our, the, the like nine people or something that have access to the after show right now. 
Yeah. Sure. As sure. long yeah. as you okay. guys know, I'm sorry so, I don't yeah. get on there as much as other people. Right. We love you. We love you all. I, yeah. Your heart right. matters. But so, for, <laughs> I accept you, Adam Cameron. I hate you. <laughs> I don't hate you, Adam. This I hate you, Adam. This was I've all my idea. Uh, I mean, obviously, the whole podcast. Like, I got I pulled you guys into this, sucked you into it. But I'm <laughs> right, talking right, specifically right. about this idea of expanding the podcast out or the discord out. I would love to see more of a community build up around the podcast. And I feel like there's people out there on day one of of every podcast publishing, we almost instantly go up to 150 downloads and then it kind of slowly creeps up from there. And we have like 15 people in discord. And I would just, and I love those people. I don't want to say, and I'm not saying anything negative about any of them, but I just feel like there's people out there that are listening and maybe 15% 15% of them might be interested in, I guess that's kind of what we have, <laughs> 15 to, to whatever percent of the, the people that are out there are on our Discord because they're patrons. But like, if we opened it up and said there's no barrier to join the Discord, you can just request an invite and you get in and whatever. And then we try to uh, do something else for the patrons instead, right? So I don't, it's not that I want to take anything away from patrons. It's that I just want to expand our community pool, make it a little bit more visible. That's where my head is at. Would the Patreons have access to like only like the game night stuff? Would only they have access to those channels? I mean, could we can we break it up like that to where I'm like, hey, bike sheddings for Patreons. Now we'll try to be more involved in that one versus where everyone lives. So we we totally have that ability. So when somebody signs up on Patreon and they, I think that I, I forget, but I think that they like connect their Discord account to Patreon and that's how it like signs them in and it gives them a special role automatically. Like if you click on people's name, it says that they're a top patron or regular Mm -hmm. patron. And so we can give roles based on your tier, your support tier on Patreon. And so we could use that. I mean, for nothing else, it's like, it's like flair, right? And it says, Oh, I'm a patron versus just a regular listener. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's one potential perk. I mean, it's a very small perk, but it's a perk and I mean, for what it's worth, Peter and Monty are supporting us at a huge amount and they get their name <laughs> read out. Like that's yeah. almost nothing. That's yeah. 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 <laughs> and those three people are supporting at the, I really love you level. And they're just doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. Double thank you to those two slash three people. Just yeah, good as my wallet. I got it to spend. So. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm not opposed at all to opening up the Discord to more people. I, I think we should run it by the Patreon. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right. I mean, we did sign up. We did give them this as their thing. This is what so. they signed up for. Yeah. So right. I think that before we... And if they're like, hell no, then we'll just, yeah, yeah. we'll just yep. find another way. We'll make like, a Slack channel for, sure. for them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe we could have like one channel that's open just to the public and everything else is patrons or who knows. The really the whole point is I want to put it out there, have this conversation with the patrons and just let them know what it is that we're interested in doing. And like, like we said, we're not interested in taking anything away from them. We want them to feel like they're yeah. getting something for their money. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be a proponent of separating some channels out so that, like I said, yeah. I can make sure I at least check in on one a lot more than I do the other because sure. those people are paying. A- yeah. Their heart matters more. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. It sounds I like We should say that at the end of the after yeah. show. Your heart matters You're- more. If you're a Patreon. If you're a Patreon, well, your heart matters more. If they're listening to the after show, then they're, yeah. they're, yeah, uh, they're they know it. <laughs> oh, that was another thing that, you know, just because our number of patrons is pretty low, I was 
thinking like, okay, if we're going to open up Discord to everybody, we're kind of lowering, we're taking everything mm-hmm. that's up high and moving it down a little bit, right? So currently we have uh, the after show is only their top two of three tiers. Mm-hmm. What if we made the after show also down at that bottom tier? Okay. Just a random a, thought. Yeah, okay. no, I'm, I'm again, anything. Yeah. Again, like leaving that out there for the patrons to, to give us their thoughts too. So, yeah. yeah. So, so not the top tier, but the bottom tier. So what, the, what does the top tier get him? Their name. I mean, right now it gets Claire. their name. The, the, the bottom tier right now is Discord. The middle tier is After Show and the top tier is name. And you always get, uh, if you're, you always get your tier and everything below you, right? So top tier gets what about early release. That's same with After Show. Okay. Cause there's, it's the same feed, like early release and oh. After Show are on the same feed. So they're coupled together. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, let's float it. Let's see, see what happens. Captain. All right. Cool. Well, that's then let's call it there. Patrons, thank you for everything and for listening. And we're going to call it here. And good night. And your heart matters more. And I can't wait to play Everyone is John again with you guys. Yes.